Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. I set out to write this book because I needed it. And, um, and so while we do examine the roots of rejection and why we're feeling the way that we're feeling, the place that we're going to get to is learning to live love so that we can look at life through, life through the lens of rather than hurt and pain and rejection, we can look at life through the lens of how very loved we are by God. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to Paradox. I'm Josh. I am Jimmy, and uh, this paradox is in paradise, uh, as I'm sitting in Breckenridge, Colorado. So uh, I am remotely involved today. Yeah, and we feel very sorry for you. We are uh, so excited to have Lisa Turkhurst on the show today. Lisa, thank you so much. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, and so Lisa is president of Proverbs 31. She's also the New York Times bestselling author of The Best Yes, Unglued, Made to Crave, and 16 other books. Her latest book that came out last month, September, um, was Uninvited. Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about Uninvited? Absolutely. Uninvited is addressing a topic that is affecting us all more than we realize today. And that topic is rejection. We're all either healing from a past rejection or dealing with a present-day rejection or fearing that an unexpected rejection could be right around the corner. And so my question that started this book is, how do we live in the midst of a social media drenched society where rejection is in our face all the time? And how do we do that and get to a better place? Is there a better way to live so that we're not always rising and falling in our emotions based on how accepted or liked or rejected and unfollowed we are by other people? So um, I set out to write this book because I needed it. And, um, and so while we do examine the roots of rejection and why we're feeling the way that we're feeling, the place that we're going to get to is learning to live love so that we can look at life through, life through the lens of rather than hurt and pain and rejection, we can look at life through the lens of how very loved we are by God and, um, and have healthier perspectives. So, um, yeah, that's why I wrote the book. And honestly, I wrote it because I needed it. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, you mentioned the social media culture. Was there anything else within culture that you saw or even in your own life circumstances that led to you writing it? Well, I think for me, um, part of my story is that I was rejected and then abandoned by my father. And that leaves a really deep wound in a person's heart whether you're male or female, young or old, when the love of a parent changes from what should have felt like a security blanket in our life and becomes more of a question mark, that leaves deep roots of rejection. And then I found that in my present-day relationship, I, um, that, that line of rejection that my dad 
spoke over me became a lie that I believed about myself. Mm-hmm. And that lie that I believed about myself was I wasn't good enough for him to stay. And that feeling of I'm not good enough became a label of I'm not worthy. And then that label of I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, that became a liability in all my future relationships. And I think mm-hmm. that progression we can follow into our present day life. And and I can name certain situations where I bet all of us have had out of proportion reactions to a small offense, but we it, we made it into a much bigger offense because the person standing in front of us that hurt us or the person that cut us off in traffic or the teacher that, you know, made some derogatory comment or a boyfriend that broke up with us or even a spouse that loves us but said something, I promise you, when we have an out-of-proportion reaction to the events at hand, it's because we've gone and pulled past pain into our present-day re- uh, reject our reaction, and it multiplied. And so just looking at the statistics today, even of road rage, I mean, it is crazy what's happening to people because somebody cut us off in traffic. And yeah. I promise you, it really isn't because someone cut us off in traffic. And so... Um, in our pursuit of becoming people that are less offended by everyday small things, I think it's wise to examine roots of rejection and finally deal with them. I tell you, you know, yeah, and um, I think this this fear of being rejected or, you know, uh, this feeling of not being worthy, how that has been exacerbated by social media um, you, you, we have, as you do with your, you know, with all of your writings uh, and stuff, you young young mothers and young men and women who um, feel as though they have to do it all. Uh, and not only do they have to do it all, they have to do it beautifully and perfectly. So the pictures on Instagram, you know, are, are, are exemplify how fabulous their life is and the pressure that that kind of brings. Now, from a parenting point of view. What is that fine line between having your child feeling loved and accepted and them craving the acceptance of others? I mean, it's a good thing to want to please people, you know, and to have that. But but what is it uh, when that desire to be accepted kind of runs wild? Yeah, and I think it runs in a much more public way when we put our life on display through social media. And so... As I was writing Uninvited, um, there's only a small portion of the book that I actually address social media directly, but so much of it, our feelings of everyday rejection come out in that subtle feeling of being left out. And we're hyper aware of that today because, you know, our two best friends got together last night and had dinner and they posted a picture on social Mm -hmm. media and it's like, besties for the resties. And we're like, wait, they didn't even (laughs) invite me. You know what I mean? And so then that becomes a filter or a lens that we start to look at our life by like, whoa, my two best friends didn't even invite me out to dinner last night. So do you see how then you get in your car and you're driving to work and your emotions are already ratcheted up? So somebody cuts you off in traffic and then boom, there your your day starts off in a road rage scenario. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't want to throw a blanket across everyone listening today and say, well, I know this is happening to you. No, what I'm saying is I know this happens to me. And if it happens to happen to you, then uninvited will help. But, you know, what do we do about the social media aspect of this? Here's, from a scientific standpoint, um, here's what I think we need to understand. 
when we sleep at night, baby neurons form in our brain. And when we wake up in the morning, how we use those baby neurons first thing in the morning determines our pattern of thought the rest of the day. And God wired our brain so that our Genesis thoughts should be his truth, his perspective, his his lens that we can look through, that we are loved by him. And mm. so if that's our Genesis thought of the day, that we are getting up and getting into his word, then we will have a healthy perspective. But mm. most of us, that's not our reality. Most of us wake up in the morning, we use our cell phones for our alarm clock, we swipe our phone off, you know, the alarm clock on our phone off, and we immediately start exchanging shouts with the world before we exchange whispers with God. We hop on instant, you know, Instagram and we see how many likes our picture got from last night and how many comments and we've got Facebook notifications and emails and text messages and we get swept into all of this and these become this wonky view of I'm liked or I'm not liked, I'm followed or I'm not followed, I'm loved or I'm not loved based on the social media reality of our life. And interestingly yep. enough, that scientific process, the scientific name for that process is called neurogenesis. And I guess I just want to make a compelling case that it cannot be the shouts of the world that we exchange first thing in the morning. Otherwise, that will be a wonky perspective we carry throughout our day. It's got to be God's truth. It's got to be prayer, praise, and and really getting God's perspective on how he feels about us before we hop on social media. That's just one example, I think, of something we need to model in our lives so that our kids make that a new part of their life. Absolutely. How do you feel like, you know, if you're in a marriage and you feel less than, left out, and lonely, how might that impact a marriage negatively, and what do you think spouses can do to help facilitate that, or help growth, uh, I guess, facilitate growth out of that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think, um, as I talk to women primarily every day through Proverbs 31 Ministries, I think some of the loneliest women in the world are not single women. I think some of the loneliest women in the world have wedding bands on their finger, Because when a man is physically present but emotionally absent, it makes a woman's heart feel very hollow. And and it's a really tough situation. So I can just tell you, practically speaking, one thing that has helped my husband and I so much, and that is that we, we have started to understand how much we sometimes personalize each other's statements. For example, like my husband, uh, or I may go to my husband and say, hey, honey, I really wish we could have more dates. I'm just feeling like we're not connecting on a level, um, a deep level, and I'm feeling a little um, lonely, and I, I I wish that we could go on more dates. Now, here's how my husband used to hear me say things like that. He would hear me saying, oh, I really wish we could go on more dates. I'm kind of feeling lonely right now. And he would hear those words, but it would personalize in his brain to where he would start to say, what she just said to me is, I stink as a husband. And mm-hmm. if I if I was a better husband, then she would never feel lonely. If I was a better husband, I would have thought that I would have thought of this idea that we need to go on more. If I was a better husband, sure. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So then he would personalize this and it would create more distance because now he's hurt, I'm hurt. And then the dates never actually happen. Instead, 
um, we learn to do what we call a check-in. And what a check-in is, is I'll go to my husband and I'll say, hey, can I do a check-in with you? And the number one rule of a check-in is no matter what I say, you can't personalize it. And then how I present it is in four steps. I'll say, here are the facts. Here, here are the feelings that those facts have created in me. Here's the story that I'm telling myself because of those facts and feelings. And here's what I think we should do about it. And because my husband and I both know that this is a check-in to try to get us to do an activity that will bond us, not a statement about how much of a failure he is or I am or our relationship is, that has changed everything for us. And so, you know, I think so much of, of this comes down to very practically untangling the lies that the enemy would love to weave yep. into our relationship every day. Ephesians 6 says that. Ephesians 6 warns us, your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers of darkness that hover in the spiritual realm. But I guarantee you, every single one of us feels like our struggle is against flesh and blood. And that's so much a part of the root of rejection. So in Uninvited, I teach people how to untangle those lies and wrong perceptions so that we can start getting to practical answers in in this whole adventure of learning to live love. One more quick thing from me, Lisa, is, is coming from a parenting point of view again, uh, knowing that that social media is here to stay. I mean, there's not going to be really, you know, a prohibition on that sort of thing. As a parent, do you believe since it is such a, you know, throwing gas on, you know, the fire of low self-worth a lot of times in kids, uh, what are your thoughts uh, from a parenting point of view on limiting social media? Well, I think that every child, according to their age and stage of life, um, maybe when they're younger, we need to help set some healthy parameters, and we can certainly do that. I mean, in our home, we don't allow the cell phones to be used at dinner time when we gather at a table during a family discussion. I mean, we have some natural parameters that we build in. Certainly when kids are younger, um, I believe that parents need to be very involved in their kids' use of social media from a safety standpoint, from a spiritual development standpoint, from a maturity standpoint. We've got to make sure that our kids are having safe interactions. And I think it's just fine for a parent to say, if I'm going to pay for your cell phone, if I'm going to pay for your cell phone bill, then I have access to everything that's on your phone and we, we you can do periodic checks. Now, when kids get to a certain age where maybe they're paying for their own cell phone bill, you need to, instead of setting up the, uh, like, I'm going to check behind you at every second, instead of that, I think we need to teach our kids how to think. And one thing that I've encouraged my kids is before you post something on social media, ask yourself, is this going to cause other people to struggle and be jealous of my life? Really think about that. Is this going to add value to someone else's life, or is this going to add to the whole perfectly filtered, staged code so that I look the best, my house looks the best, everything looks the best? Like, really, let's think about this. Is this going to add value to someone else's life? And um, and I'm I'm in this process now of teaching my older kids. I'm challenging them to really think about this because you're right. Social media isn't going away. But we have control over what we post and whether that post is helping people or hindering people. Love it. 
Guys, this uninvited is not just for moms, for wives. If you have a heartbeat, pick up uninvited. You can find more uh, about the book at uninvitedbook.com. You can find more about uh, Lisa's ministry, Proverbs 31. It's proverbs31.org. And then, of course, with Lisa, it's lisaturkhurst.com. You can also find her on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Lisa Turkhurst. And then Facebook is at official Lisa. Lisa, thank you so much for being thank on the you show. Thank you so for, much. For being on the show. Uh, you are now officially besties for the resties. Did I get that right with the paradox? <laughs> yes. Besties for the resties. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, hey, we appreciate you awesome. so much. Thank you so much. Okay, I love her. Yes, she was fantastic. There's a reason millions of people read her stuff. <laughs> I mean, she's as solid as a rock. I love uh, uh, you know when you when you think about that you know the, I didn't really know necessarily the 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 spin of social media you know to come out of this book but it's it's written all over it I mean I can't think of a more timely subject and you're right this is not a this is not a women's book it's not adulterate the the world in which we live whether we want to admit it or not uh, we are affected. Um, by the esteem of social media or the lack thereof. And this book is for everybody. Yeah, it is for everybody. And she said, I think one of her chapters is social media. So it's certainly a lot broader than that. Um, But yeah, just feeling not loved, not having worth and value, to your point, is for everybody. I loved her piece about um, living loved. Uh, It's something that we cover with pretty much every client that comes into our counseling center, the idea of you know, we all have these core issues that come out of our relational wounds that we don't feel loved. We don't have like feel like we have worth or value. Um, and living loved is is a key for first of all in our relationship with our Creator, and secondarily with those on Earth that uh, we interact with. Um, I, I loved her piece about past pain brought into present interactions, um, and to really drop that past pain. Uh, so we've got to face it. We've got to deal with it. Probably forgive parts of it. Um, and, and so it's something that we do struggle with drudging up our past and, and, and placing it in our present. And if we could, if we could ever just, you know, receive into our soul, the truth of scripture, that if, if God follows us, who do, what do we care who unfollows us? Mm-hmm. And if God likes us, what matter does it make if someone unlikes us? Yeah. I mean, he's the only one that matters. Mm. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, guys, if you want more, we're going to have uh, links on our show notes. So find those at paradoxpodcast.com. You can also sign up for our email listserv. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's Docs Podcast. You can find myself, Josh, at those three platforms. It's Doc Josh Myers. Uh, Dr. Jimmy Myers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at J Myers Fam. And Josh, I know it's what, like 140, 150 there in Austin. Yeah, I got my Colorado. coat on and I'm inside. Yeah, it's so cold. While it snows, while it snows. Yeah. yeah, yep. All right, take care, Jimbo. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Garb. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox.
And so many of these parents would call the office and say, hey, you know, I think my, you know, seven or eight year old or nine year old, uh, they're asking questions. I think they're about ready to receive Christ. Could, could we come in and you talk to them? I thought, what? Oh, my gosh. What was this? Why do we do? Hmm? <laughs> why in the world? Would you? Because they're afraid. You know, they're afraid that they're going to say something wrong. Uh, they're going to start asking me questions and I'm going to look up in their Buddhist 